Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Number three of the Pro Football Blitz. I'm Brady Cannon, live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, keeping an eye on the NFC Championship game down at SoFi Stadium. The Los Angeles Rams make it a ball game once again, just a three-point lead for the San Francisco 49ers, 17-14, to 14, under 13 minutes left to go in regulation. And, James, we were just talking about our best bets, uh, grading our bets. Some of those, of course, are still pending. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I've got him over 228 and a half yards passing. And uh, that is a winner there with uh, him hitting Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell uh, on this drive here to get San Francisco really out of the shadow of their own goalposts. It was a great special teams play. The Rams kicked off after their touchdown. Debo Samuel back there to return the kick, and they stopped him at just the 14-yard line. But Jimmy G through the air, getting it going here for San Francisco as they try and respond to that Rams touchdown. Again, leading this ball game 17-14. to They are two-and-a-half-point favorites in the live market, and your total ticks up to 42-and-a-half. Well, and again, playing to their strengths of Garoppolo, throwing the ball between the hashes, short passes, 10 to 15-yard type of throws, and exploiting the fact that there are injuries. We talked about the injuries to the safety positions, both safety positions for the L.A. Rams. Also, they have some issues at the linebacker position. So being able to take advantage of the middle of the field, and now we have a good run here out of uh, it is Elijah Mitchell with a big run here on first down. So San Francisco needing to respond. We saw all the momentum shift with that touchdown to Cooper Cup, his second of the day. Not really sure. They ran a, a trips. They ran a, a three by one set, a, a trips formation with Cup on that side, and Kwan Williams had him. And we know that nickel corner is probably the the biggest weak link for that secondary for San Francisco. And had his hands on him, but you got to jam him if you're going to go man and you're going to play press like that. You got to get up there and be physical with him. Not really sure what we saw. At a Kwan Kwan Williams didn't put much of any kind of any kind of pressure on him. Was not physical at the line of scrimmage. Allowed Cooper Cup pretty much a, an easy release off the line of scrimmage and kind of a, a simple out and up a short double move there for the touchdown but all the momentum switched here with San Francisco a couple first downs now we've got a big third down Brady third and two for San Francisco at LA's 45 yard line yeah uh, your man Eric Weddle came up on the last play on second and short and made a good stop there and it looks like the Rams defense has come up again 
This could be a fumble. I'm not sure if they're calling this. And no, it is not a ruling of a fumble on the field here. But San Francisco uh, on third and two for no gain there. And that may have been another tackle for you for Aaron Donald on your prop bet there, James. But no gain for San Francisco there. Now they are facing fourth and two. And they are in Rams territory. Uh, I would think that they're going to go for this with 10 minutes now left in regulation. Kyle Shanahan has a decision on his hands here. And no, they're in punt formation. They're actually at the 45-yard line of the Rams. And now we have a timeout on the field. So very interesting here. The Rams are down to just one timeout remaining. San Francisco still has all three timeouts. I'm not sure. We have a challenge. McVay looks like he's going to challenge something again here. Are we talking about the spot? well, yeah, I think you talked about, was it Juszczyk? Did he fumble the football? Ah. I think that's probably what they're challenging here. Yeah, I can't, I don't hear the audio either, but I'm assuming that's why, I mean, what else is it going to be? It's fourth and two. I'm assuming they want to see, was he down by contact? Did they blow the whistle? I don't know. We'll have to see the replay. We haven't seen a replay of that fourth down play. San Francisco got a little cute with pulling one of their, they had a, a lineman coming in motion and, and kind of a crackback on the opposite side, but they went with Juszczyk on the interior, didn't go anywhere, and we didn't really get to see the, the, the finish of the play. I know the ball was loose, and Aaron Donald ended up coming up with the football, but they had ruled him down. We'll have to see. Back Here we go back again to uh, more commercials of things we'll never purchase, but <laughs> now that they're going to go to the commercial, if they lose this challenge, that will they'll be out of challenges here, because that'll be the second one that they've lost, and that'll be another lost timeout for the LA Rams. This is going to be a big turn of events. We'll see what happens when we come back, but we haven't seen a replay Brady it didn't sound like kind of sounded like I don't know if it depends on if the whistle was blown and if they ruled him down by contact I don't know if we can even challenge that we'll have to see when we get back from this commercial break yeah you know just judging by the body language of the players they didn't really they they weren't hooting and hollering and screaming like it was a turnover uh you know they, they kind of jumped on the ball for a minute and then they all realized that now nah, you know whatever he was down so we'll see uh, obviously they will review it, but yeah, that would put uh, the Rams in a world of hurt as far as timeouts with about 10 minutes left in regulation here and down to no timeouts already. And that certainly plays into the hands of Kyle Shanahan and this running game for the 49ers being able to just wear down the uh, Rams via the running game with no timeouts left to stop the clock. We'll see what transpires here. Uh, James, they already have Super Bowl odds out for next season. The Super Bowl 57 prices are up and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are currently the favorite at plus 650 Uh, they will not be in Super Bowl 56 the Buffalo Bills the second choice at plus 750 the Rams at 11 to 1 the Buccaneers this is interesting the Buccaneers at 12 to 1 will Tom Brady be their quarterback or not we don't know Um, I kind of hope he comes back for one more campaign James he always said he was going to play till 45 years old I'd love to see him make one more run at it and uh, you know it kind of ended on a sour note for him this year coming up just short in that playoff game against the Rams Uh, the Cowboys the 49ers the Bengals all at 14 to 1 and kind of interesting the Packers are a longer shot at 15 to 1 maybe that's reflective of the fact that Aaron Rodgers will not be in Green Bay next season and I don't think he'll be in Green Bay next season. And and I think for as far as Tom Brady is concerned, you know, selfishly, I want to see him come back too. Is there another player in the NFL that you have more confidence in when you it's late in the game and you have a ticket on whether he's playing with New England or playing with Tampa Bay? When it's late in the game and you need a drive to win the football game, 
there's no other player I'd rather have a ticket on than Tom Brady. And so selfishly, yeah, I hope he comes back because I've cashed a lot of tickets with Tom Brady over the last couple decades. And and in this case here, the challenge getting back to this game, Brady, I believe the challenge was 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 upheld and it is still it is. It, it was. So it's fourth and two. It is still San Francisco's football. They were lined up prior to that challenge going out there to punt the football, but now they've got their offense back out on the field, and we'll see if they actually run a play here. It's at the Rams' 45-yard line. It's fourth and two. We'll see if they actually try to run a play, or do they try to draw them off sides? We're going to find out right now. Yeah, Debo Samuel in the backfield, and I finally got to see a replay of check on that play, and he very clearly touched the ball down before it uh, came out out of his hands so uh, certainly an easy one there and now the situation we were talking about the Rams out of timeouts with 10 minutes left to go in this ball game and it looks like the Niners are going to stall there they're going to take a delay a game here and punt um, I don't know if that's an awful decision James um, you know the 49ers defense has been playing well if you do not convert there you absolutely put the Rams right back in this ball game if you punt it here you've got a three-point lead here you try and pin them back you know around their 10-yard line or so and this is a team that now has no timeouts so I, I think that's a big factor in Shanahan's decision there that this team does no longer have any timeouts Right, and now we're down to one possession with three points, so it's a it's a field goal game, and we also talked about Matt Gay right now. Where's his confidence? We know he missed that 54-yarder earlier, uh, close to the end of the second quarter, and missed a, a, I won't say a chip shot, but that 47-yarder in Tampa Bay that came up well short last week. I can't imagine he's playing with a lot of confidence right now, but I agree. I, I think it's this is to go to the Super Bowl, and, and you now put the – Flip the field back. You punted the ball. Now they're going to be uh, roughly at around their own 15. They're going to be inside their own 20-yard line. Are they LA Rams? And this is that now it's on the defense to try to get a stop. Yes, it is at the 15-yard line for LA. There's basically there's 9:55 to go, and I think because there are no timeouts and no more challenges left for the LA Rams, yeah, there's still 10 minutes to go roughly in this game. I don't think that's a position right now with all the momentum on the Rams side that you want to go and put yourself and put your defense in a bad spot oh we had an interception he dropped the ball dropped the football <laughs> number three don't bother to make any effort to get to the top of the obstacle catch the football three is holding his head that should have been a, a simple turn i don't oh, know where it was I absolutely no right Stafford in the bread was. basket i i mean it, he, he was right. like an outfielder he was like a center fielder it's back right there. there yep it was I mean, yeah, oh. that is that is pretty bad right there. Matthew Stafford trying to hit Van Jefferson and uh, an awful pass too, James. Boy, maybe he was right. so shocked, <laughs> but uh, that's why he plays defensive back and not wide receiver there. Yeah, uh, Matthew right. Stafford and company now facing second and 10 from their own 15-yard line, about nine and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And it looks like OBJ will make a catch there, a big catch for the Los Angeles Rams. And it looks like Jimmy Ward may have a helmet-to-helmet penalty here. So it goes from a near interception for the mm. 49ers to really bad news, a completed pass to OBJ, and then a personal foul on top of that. So, you know, yep. and here's your decision. Kyle Shanahan makes the decision to punt the ball. I thought it was probably a pretty good situation considering – or decision considering the situation – and it looks like he was going to get a turnover there. And, and in a lot of ways, that could have meant the ball game with the Rams not having any timeouts. But now 
the decision to punt, it's all been nullified because now the Rams are, I believe, really close, if not already in 49er territory, and we're right back where we started on that fourth and two. Well, you got to make a play. I mean, Tart has it. It's right in his hands. You completely, and it's still not, probably not ball game. There's still a lot of time left to go, but all the momentum, and we know what, especially in the fourth quarter, you're desperate for some momentum on that side of the, for the defensive side, for the San Francisco. Just catch the football and, and make a big play. And you know, as soon as you drop that football, it was going to be something was going to go the other side for San, for the LA Rams. That's exactly where they're at. They're inside San Francisco territory now, starting up here about a second and 10. They run the ball for no gain, maybe even a loss there, but uh, San Francisco now an underdog in the live market, catching a point and a half, your total at 40 and a half. We'll continue to update you on the game as we roll on here on the Pro Football Blitz. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network, and a big stop there by the San Francisco 49ers on third down. They tackle Cam Akers after a short little screen pass. Fred Warner on the stop, and it forces a field goal attempt by Matt Gay and the Los Angeles Rams. They convert, and we now have a tie ball game, 17 apiece with just over seven minutes left. In this final quarter, the San Francisco 49ers move to a one and a half point favorite in the live market. Your total remains 
at 40 and a half. And we want to discuss this game further with our guest, Matt Verderam. He's a national NFL reporter for Fans Cited. You can also check him out on the Stacking the Box podcast, and you can follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. Matt, thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your championship weekend to chat with us. And uh, we'll, of course, get to the AFC championship. But how about this one here at SoFi Stadium? I mean, what a playoff run it's been from the divisional round to this morning. And now we've got another dandy on our hands in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's a great game. You know, I, I think the Rams, they put themselves in a little bit of a tough spot here. Look, they, they don't make timeouts left. McVay's had two very ill-advised challenges. and They, they blew another timeout at the line of scrimmage earlier. If this becomes a thing where they've got to drive down the field, they're going to have to do it the hard way. Uh, but give the, give the Rams credit for at least hanging in there. Look, Stafford threw a helium ball that should have been picked off, and it was dropped early in the drive. And then they're able to drive down. But now the Niners have the ball, and I would, I would suspect that they're going to try to take plenty of time off the clock here. Well, Matt, and we're thinking about San Francisco. and We know the strength of this team. Uh, the offensive identity is rushing the football. Yeah, it's a tie game here with just under seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. But I think that's been the struggle today. It's really Garoppolo has been able to throw the ball down the field, short passes down the seams in between the numbers. But thinking about this rushing game, not much going on for San Francisco today. 20 carries collectively as a team for just 50 yards. What do you suspect we're going to see as far as the game plan goes for the 49ers getting the ball back now? Uh, really, the momentum has clearly shifted in favor of the Rams. It's winning time. you got to get the ball to your guys. Daniel, however you have to do it. Kittle, uh, I, you know, like you said, I think a lot of short passes here. Get the ball out in space. Find Ayuk. Roll it away from Ramsey. Um, look, if, if you are the Rams, you've got to be thinking, shut down the run first and then go from there. But for now... Now, this is a game where if you're San Francisco, look, you've got it on your racket. It's where you want to have it. You just need to find a way to move the ball, get down the field, and if Gold's going to try to win the game, well, you feel pretty good about him. He's never missed a kick in the playoffs. Matt, who did you like in this contest coming in prior to kickoff? I picked the Rams by a field goal, 23-20, to 20, but I said that I felt like if, if, if Williams was healthy for the Niners, that might swing the balance of power. But I did pick the Rams. I just thought the Niners were so beat up uh, that it would, it would hurt them up front that they wouldn't be able to run as effectively. They haven't. Uh, but Stafford has had those, those plays. He throws a pick. They can't convert on a fourth and sure. He, he, can't, he can't get across the line there, only needing about a foot. Um, but in the end, look, I, I do think the Rams are more talented. But the Niners have beaten six straight for a reason, and they're trying to make it seven. Matt, so let's shift to what we saw earlier today in the AFC with the huge upset with Cincinnati. Young football team, young Joe Burrow, what a sensational playmaker. Plays with so much confidence that his teammates feed off of. And thinking about Kansas City going to their fourth straight AFC championship game, hosting it again there at Arrowhead, and really had a significant lead in that second quarter. Where do you place the blame in this part? I'm thinking about how Kansas City finished the half and then how they finished the game in the last two minutes. Uh, on offense, not only with Mahomes, some bad decisions, but also some questionable play calling when it comes to utilizing the clock on the coaching staff with Andy Reid. Where do you put the blame in this game here with Cincinnati winning, but on the Kansas City side offensively, does this fall on the shoulders of Coach Andy Reid as well as Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's both of them. It has to be both of them. Mahomes was hideous. Could not have been any worse in the second half in overtime. Like, give, look, he gets praised for all the great stuff he does, and rightfully so. I think he's the best quarterback in football. He 
he was an atrocity in the second half in overtime. You're talking about eight of 18 for 55 yards and two picks. You can't play anywhere from that. They could have put Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones in there and had the same result. That, that was ridiculous how bad he was. But I'll also say, I think a lot of the reason he played that poorly was the Bengals dropped eight and just begged the Chiefs to throw the football. And uh, all Kansas had to do was run it. They'd run the ball great all game. And this is where Andy Reid comes in. Andy Reid does not like to run the football. He does not like to succeed with it. He does not want to do it. If, if he's not throwing the ball for a ton of yardage, he's not having a good time. And I, and I, I truly believe that. I mean, a lot of it is his insistence on just throwing and throwing and throwing. He does not want to keep the ball on the ground even when it works. And then on the, you know, look, at the end of the halves, in both, both halves, I, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing at the end of the first half. That's a play where, you know, Mahomes after the game said, well, maybe they got greedy. Andy Reid says it's the wrong play call. It's all of it. I mean, what are you doing? Take a field goal. Worst case scenario, if they take a field goal, then they win. They win the game. Uh, and at the end of the half, you, you, you got a situation where it clearly calls to run the ball on second and goal. But again, they don't like to run the ball. So they throw it. They take a sack. They take another sack. And uh, they, they never got going. Yeah, it was really befuddling the way Kansas City performed in the second half, and especially Mahomes, who just uh, you know has an incredible record in the postseason, but not able to get it done today. And equally incredible, Joe Burrow. He just never seems to lose either, including in college for the national championship. Now, going into the Super Bowl, Matt, uh, the Bengals on the look-ahead lines, they were going to be underdogs no matter who their opponent was. Uh, they were made a two-and-a-half-point favor, or excuse me, a two-and-a-half-point underdog if it was going to be San Francisco and a three-and-a-half-point underdog if it was going to be the Los Angeles Rams. But, gosh, uh, this team just went into Arrowhead and knocked off uh, the defending, you know, Super Bowl champs in the Kansas City, or the defending Super Bowl uh, representative from the AFC. I, I, this team, they have proven they can do anything. They have. I will say, though, the one narrative we're going to hear for two weeks, and I just totally disagree with is. Burrow was not great in that game. It wasn't bad, but he had to do nothing. I mean, they really, there wasn't one throw in that game that you'd say, wow, Burrow really gunned it in there. They won that game because he played very well offensively in the second half of the game. And, you know, Mixon early on had some good runs. They were able to go short underneath. And Burrow, the best thing about him is he's really accurate. And that was true today as well. Um, that, that game, look, I'm not taking anything away from Cincinnati. That game was lost by Kansas City. That game was a wreck. Like, there is no excuse for the way the Chiefs operated in some of those those situations we talked about earlier at the end of the halves. Um, you know, the only time the Bengals scored a touchdown, other than their two-minute drive at the end of the first half, was on a, a Mahomes interception where the Bengals were inside the 30-yard line to start. I mean, that was it. I, the Chiefs really held them in check most of the day. The Bengals did not have a big offensive day. And Burroughs were picking the fourth quarter. At midfield, the Chiefs just couldn't do anything. Whitney threw another ball that went through Bolton's hands at the 25-yard line. The next drive, um, I really thought he was so-so in the game. I don't think he played all that well, but it didn't matter because the Chiefs just could knock it out of their own way the last two, two quarters and change. Matt, so looking at the Super Bowl now with Cincinnati, 
thinking about the offense and, and Burrow, like you talked about, not not his greatest performance, but I think from an offensive standpoint, considering what we had what we saw in the divisional round at Tennessee, taking nine sacks, some of that on the offensive line, some of that also on Burrow just holding the ball for for yep. for too long. We think we definitely saw an adjustment in this game. Only one sack for Burrow in this game, but a lot a lot quicker, shorter passes, getting Mixon more involved in the run game as well uh, to try to negate some of the weakness up front with this offensive line regardless of whether it's San Francisco or Los Angeles in the Super Bowl as a representative for the NFC how do you see that playing out with that offensive line going to the Super Bowl to face those either of those defensive fronts I think if they play the Rams they're going to get blasted pretty good I don't think they can block the Rams the Rams are a nightmare for them the Niners look they're also a nightmare in that regard but their corners aren't good so I feel like you maybe just can get the ball out quick and you can do some different things. The, the Rams, like Ramsey can go on to chase and you can help out other places. I, I think the Rams are a really bad matchup for the Bengals. The Niners, I, I think the Bengals have an absolute shot to win the game. They could do it. The Rams, because of the way they're built, I, I don't think that's a game the Bengals would really fare well in. But, but hey, I give the Bengals credit. You know, I didn't think they were going to win today either. It's 21-3. You're looking at that score and going, wow, they're going to just get blown out of the building. And they they made a lot of plays to stick in it defensively. They made adjustments. They did a nice job. They, they made Mahomes look very, very ordinary and downright bad at times. So you'd be crazy to count them out. But I think if you're a Cincinnati fan, you want the Niners. I think that's a much more winnable game than the Rams game. Well, the Rams are moving the ball right now. Odell Beckham Jr. with a catch and a tie ball game of 17 apiece. We're down to four minutes left in regulation. Matt, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with us uh, and enjoy the rest of the game here in Los Angeles. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. That is Matt Vanderam. Verderam, I apologize. He is a national NFL reporter for Fans Cited, also a part of the Stacking the Box podcast, and you can follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. When we come back, we'll update you on the final three and a half minutes. What transpires in Los Angeles? Currently a tie game, 17 apiece. Rams have the ball in Niner territory at about the 37-yard line. We'll be right back in just a moment right here at VSIN. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs and then on Championship Weekend. We'll have 56 hours of free video coverage at vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action, all at vsin.com. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you here inside the Pro Football Blitz, and they have reached the two minute warning. The final two minutes of regulation here in SoFi Stadium between the Rams and the 49ers and Los Angeles was facing a second and 11 and Matthew Stafford gets sacked there by the San Francisco defense. They really haven't been able to sack him a whole lot today. They put a lot of pressure on him and made him uh, make some errant throws, but uh, that was the first sack that I can recall 
in a while there. That will back the Rams up to about their own 20-yard line, and they're now facing third and 18. It's a tie ball game at 17 apiece. So even a field goal is going to put San Francisco up against it here. San Francisco does have three timeouts remaining. They'll dump that one off to Cooper Cup. He will come up well short of the yard to gain there for a first down, and San Francisco will force Los Angeles into a field goal attempt here. The Niners take their second timeout. So now they have one timeout remaining and about a minute and 49 seconds left on the clocks. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams will line up here to take what will be a game-winning or game-leading field goal attempt here with it tied at 17 apiece, James. Well, and if they make it, it's going to be a chip shot. Well, let's not call it a chip shot. It's still a field goal kicker, and it's Matt Gay. He did make his last one, but he hasn't been too – he's been a little shaky the last couple games, but this is a shorter field goal here uh, as he lined up the tap. But really, Matthew Stafford taking that sack, that was a huge sack to take. Got to, in my mind, just throw it through the end zone. Get rid of the football. You cannot eat the football on that in that, in that regard here, and it is good. Field goal is good for Matt Gay. Puts L.A. up 3, 20-17 with a minute 46. Now everything flips back onto the offense, and in this case here with Jimmy Garoppolo, we know there's not really time to run the football here. They haven't run the football well today at all, just 50 yards on the ground on 20 carries collectively as a team for San Francisco. Now it falls on Garoppolo, and you think about the last possession that they had. Now we talked about Jacuzzi Tart dropping an interception Earlier in this fourth quarter, well, so did Jalen Ramsey. He had one. He read the raid, jumped right up on it as as they were able to flush. They were able to flush Garoppolo out of the pocket to his right. Bad throw from Garoppolo should have been picked off. Would have gave great field position to Los Angeles, but now it's going to fall on the shoulders of Garoppolo. So I do have that smaller money line play. My big play is plus the 49ers plus the four and a half. So the number is good right now. But as far as being able to get this money line play, it's going to fall on the shoulders of Garoppolo. And that's not really the place that I was hoping for late in the game. Now it comes down to Garoppolo having to make some plays. Although, Brady, they were just here just a few weeks back. Kind of similar situation. They needed to go down, drive, and score. And that's exactly what they did. Hopefully for our sake, because I know you've got your future on San Francisco as well to win the NFC. Um, can we get a repeat performance of what we saw out of Garoppolo in the two-minute two drill from Week 18? Well, I do have faith in my man here. Uh, I know he certainly has a lot of critics, and rightly so. Uh, he's thrown a couple of questionable balls today. Um, but when he was not uh, pressured by the Rams' front four, uh, he's thrown some pretty good passes. It was really just that one to start the game when he sailed it over George Kittle's head. Other than that, when he's not been under pressure, he's thrown some pretty good balls here. Uh, the money line you talk about, uh, of course, you have the Niners plus 165 on the money line. Currently, they are at plus 270 on the money line. The Rams minus 350 on the money line in the live market. And there's a pass by Jimmy Garoppolo that gets batted down by Gaines, I believe, on that defensive line for Los Angeles. And that'll bring up second and 10, take just a couple of ticks off the clock. Here They started this drive with a minute and 46 seconds left, again, trailing by three points, 20 to 17 in favor of the Rams, now facing second and 10 with a minute and 42 seconds left, and San Francisco does have one timeout remaining. 
Uh, they're going to have to go 75 yards here as they currently have the ball on their own 25-yard line. And the Rams still minus 350 on the money line in the live market. I thought we might see that number increase after that first down miscue by the 49ers. And not much better here on second down. They get it out to Jawan Jennings for just a very short gain. And we'll have third and long here for Jimmy G and company. Obviously, fourth down territory at this point. In fact, that was a loss of yardage. Now third and 13 for the Niners here. Jimmy G will try and throw this one. Uh, and oh. he's now, now scrambling, and he flips it out. Oh, and there's your ball game. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Garoppolo. At least it wasn't a pick six. That's what the whole time I was That would have ruined the party for a lot of people, right? Six, and then this one was, too. <laughs> like, just turn it over on downs. That's okay. Yeah, I'm not going to win the money line bet, but the, the four and a half was the big one for six dimes. Like, oh, my goodness. It was just a matter of time for Garoppolo. It was good coverage down the field, but... You could just see it, the, the lack of confidence, especially from that last drive where it really should have been picked off by Jalen Ramsey. They survived that. They ended up having a punt, but L.A. driving it down. Now we have just one timeout, a minute nine remaining. This is right around, just it's inside the 20-yard line, maybe around the 15, and it's Aaron Donald finally stepped up, made the pressure on Garoppolo, who really, he needed to make something happen. He just flipped it up there, but fortunately, it wasn't brought back to the house. That would have crushed everybody's, everybody that was back in if you had the 49ers on any kind of whether it's four and a half three and a half whatever that number might have been uh everybody's heart just leapt up into their throats like mine did so let me clear my throat my heart goes back <laughs> down here and let's see can we just take a knee they do have one timeout but mathematically speaking when it comes to the time on the on the clock here they should just be in victory formation for the la rams if they do it the right way win this game by three points and move on to the super bowl you know it was interesting uh garoppolo was in the arms of aaron donald there about to be thrown down for a sack and he flips that ball it looked like Elijah Mitchell maybe Jamichael Hasty, and he nearly pulled it off it actually went off of the hands of the running back and into the Rams defenders hands for the interception and he basically just kind of took a knee from there and uh, it is second down now for the Rams uh, as the 49ers have called timeout with a minute and eight seconds left on the clock here and James, we were talking to Derek Stevens and Jeff Benson of Circa Sports on the preview edition of the Pro Football Blitz, and we talked about a very tough scenario for the sports books. Would this be would be this game landing on Rams by three? Because we had seen this line jump back and forth between three and three and a half all week long, and here it is, Rams by three. Those that had the 49ers plus the points are going to win. Those that laid it with the Rams minus three are going to get their money back. A tough day for the books, possibly, with this exact outcome. Yeah, well, I think the books will be just fine. <laughs> they we should know be. They're, they're, nobody's shedding. Yeah, we're not shedding any tears. It's. It's. I. I think in this from this standpoint here, I'm not really sure how much money whatever those splits might have been. But that's it. Victory formation. The coaches are coming on the field. The Rams are celebrating, and it will be the Los Angeles Rams finishing this game off, winning by three, twenty to seventeen, and moving on to Super Bowl Fifty Six to face the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. So depending on when you got the number. Uh, basically, for the most part, it's a Niners cover. The close was three and a half points in favor of Los Angeles. And Sean McVay 
you know, he's able to uh, shed his demon there of not being able to get past Kyle Shanahan. Uh, that's the first time in the last seven ball games that the Rams have actually beaten San Francisco. But uh, interesting, the Niners probably, by and large, get the cash there. Like I say, there was some threes out there in favor of the Rams, but for the most part, the Rams were a three-and-a-half-point favorite here in this game. So the Niners get the cash. The Rams get the victory. And, yes, they will go on to face the Cincinnati Bengals in Super Bowl 56. And for the second straight year, James, I, I mean, in 54 years of Super Bowls, we never had a team host one in their home stadium. Now we've had two in a row. With the L.A. Rams being able to stay home, if it would have been San Francisco, it would have been a home away. Uh, basically, it felt like a home game for them in this game as well as Week 18. But as far as the Rams are concerned, you know, the star power showed up in the fourth quarter, and they made all those moves for, the, for situations just like this. San Francisco took a 10-point lead with just over two, with roughly two minutes to go in that third quarter, I believe. And really, I, I, did they even get maybe had two first downs in that fourth quarter? That was it. It came down to the star power for the Rams offensively and defensively. Cooper Cup, another sensational game at receiving the football and really was able to take advantage of, of K1 Williams in the secondary, their slot corner, uh, their nickel corner. Just a rough day for Williams for San Francisco in the secondary. But, you know, credit to the LA Rams in the fourth quarter all the pressure on this team down 10 with 15 minutes to go and the star power showed up Matthew Stafford had a great fourth quarter throwing the football did take that big sack but ultimately all the big guys showed up Aaron Donald with the big pressure on that last possession for San Francisco flushing Jimmy G out making him have to just throw it up for grabs otherwise the basically the game's probably over at any point so Aaron Donald stepped up everybody made their plays the star power moving on in Tinseltown for L.A. Yeah, really the last two 49er offensive possessions, the Rams defense stepping up big. We'll have more in just a moment right here on the Pro Football Blitz. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. 
Go to vcin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, plus Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all for free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in to the Pro Football Blitz. It has come to an end down at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The Rams hold off the 49ers coming from behind to get this one done in the fourth quarter. They win it 20-17. to 17. Uh, The Niners cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. The game stays under the total of 45-and-a-half, and and the Rams are going on to the Super Bowl to face the Cincinnati Bengals. And to talk more about it, we want to bring in Ted Wynn. He's an NFL staff writer at The Athletic. You can hear him on the State of the Nation podcast, and you can follow him on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. What did you see on this film, Ted, down in L.A.? Oh, okay. He is not with us at this time. I, I apologize. Uh, we will see if we can get Mr. Wynn on the line here and get his perspective from this game. And James, you and I were talking about it before we went into break there. Uh, the Niners were really cruising along in this game and, and really dominating for most of the game. But it was in the fourth quarter there where the offense really sputtered for San Francisco. And I think you have to give credit. Jalen Ramsey came up big. That Rams defense I don't know if they made some adjustments or what, but those last two offensive possessions for the San Francisco 49ers were all about the Rams' defense, and that really won the game for them. Not throwing the ball over the top down the field, so I suspect we'll have to go back and watch watch uh, the the all 22 and get a different bird, not the bird's eye view, but get the end zone view to see where were those safeties. That I'm assuming they probably brought the box safety up start to play a little robber there and take away some of those short throws in between the numbers down the hash marks that Jimmy Garoppolo had been throwing in that first half and taking advantage of. And that really led to to Garoppolo having to go and make alternate reads and have to go through his progressions. And then the pass rush starting to get home. And we know anytime Garoppolo gets taken off of his spot and he has to start making additional reads down the field and especially getting flushed out of the pocket, it spells trouble for the passing game. And I think that was probably the biggest adjustment in the fourth quarter. The fact that they were going to take away it was San Francisco was not going to go throw the ball over the top. They're not capable of doing that with Garoppolo and taking away those shorter intermediate routes and, that applied some pressure there on Garoppolo, and obviously the last two drives uh, really fell short. But I just I, I can't stop thinking about that first down, that that throw from Tart safety number three, Tart there that had the ball was surprised. I think it was thrown so short from Stafford, but he catches that football, turns that, gets the turnover, cr- creates the interception, and and flips the field. Wonder where the momentum is for both of those teams. Obviously, the momentum is going to be on the San Francisco sideline and on that team going with the offense on a shorter field, but then more and more pressure continuing to mount on that L.A. Rams. And you knew as soon as he dropped it, Brady, that that was going to open the door, and that's exactly what happened. OBJ makes the big catch down the sideline, compound that with a, a late hit, helmet to helmet, another 15-yard penalty on top of that, and that's when really the you could just feel the complete shift of pressure and momentum off the shoulders of the L.A. Rams. We do have Ted Wynn now joining us to discuss this and the earlier AFC championship from today. He's an NFL writer for The Athletic, and again, you can find him on the State of the Nation podcast and follow him on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. Ted, thank you so much for joining us. 
James and I just reacting to what we just saw in SoFi Stadium. Really, the Niners, you know, kind of, I don't want to say they dominated this game. Certainly, time of possession and first downs were a big advantage for the Los Angeles Rams in the first half. But yet the Niners walked away into the locker room with a lead and looked like they were on their way to heading back to the Super Bowl for the second time in three years here. Uh, but the Rams defense really stepped up in the fourth quarter and, like James was just talking about, able to put some pressure on Jimmy G, and it kind of just went sideways for San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I actually felt like the Rams were the better team throughout this game. You know, they, they got into the red zone early on and uh, kind of got unlucky with that pick. And I just felt like they were moving the ball pretty easily and the Niners had some uh, breaks moved towards their way. But, uh, you know, ultimately at the end, uh, the Rams got what they wanted. They forced Jimmy into a position where uh, he had to drop back and pass. They forced that offensive line with a banged up Trent Williams into a position where he had to drop back and pass to uh, beat them. And uh, like the guys talked about, you know, when Garoppolo can't hit his first or second read and he has to extend, that's when he, you know, he get, he starts throwing balls uh, to the to the other team, and we saw that uh, with Jalen Ramsey almost getting a pick six, and then that last interception. Um, so ultimately, you know, it, they, the Rams stopped the run, and they they put Jimmy in a position where um, he he had to drop back and beat them, and he couldn't do it. Ted, so now with Los Angeles moving on, although they're going to be hosting the Super Bowl right there at SoFi in their backyard, thinking about their opponent now in the Cincinnati Bengals and the performance they had on the road in Arrowhead. Give me your perspective, not only on Cincinnati and their performance today, and it was a different game plan. The offensive line only gave up one sack as opposed to nine sacks the week previous there in Tennessee. What did you see out of Cincinnati offensively, some of the adjustments they made to keep some of that pass rush off of Burrow? And then I want to get your perspective on Kansas City and how they closed out both the second, the, the end of the second quarter as well as late in the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I think with the, the Bengals, they just did a good job of finding ways for Burrow to get, the, get rid of the ball quickly, whether it's throwing quick slants, um, or throwing, you know, screens. Their screen game worked really well after um, after the second quarter. Um, also, Burrow's ability to escape pressure was huge in this game. In the Week 17 matchup, uh, he, he did that a ton, where there was free rushers in his face, and he was able to just make these miraculous escapes. And um, it, it was a big factor in his game as well. There were there were you know a couple times where they had him dead to rights in the backfield, and Burrow was able to escape. So. You know, the Cincinnati offensive line is not getting any better, and it hasn't gotten any better in the playoffs, but uh, it's just Burrow's ability to extend and, um, you know, make those Houdini-like escapes that have made a difference for them. Ted, we are seeing the uh, odds populate here in Las Vegas as we speak. Uh, ahead of this weekend, the look-ahead line if the Super Bowl matchup was to be the Rams and the Bengals, the Rams were a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Right now here in Las Vegas, they have been made a four-point favorite pretty much across the board with a total of about 50 as far as your consensus number. Um, do you feel like that's maybe a little bit of recency bias here, bumping the Rams to four? Obviously, everybody just saw them beat San Francisco, but I got to believe that there's some Bengals backers out there that feel this team just can't lose no matter who their opponent is. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you watch them, it's just they're not – you know, dominating their opponents in certain aspects of the game. They just make key plays. And I think maybe Vegas believes that there's some sort of a luck factor involved in them uh, advancing all the way to the Super Bowl. 
And when, you know, when you look at the trench matchup, it's pretty lopsided. And it's usually pretty lopsided as, as we talked about, talked about the Bengals that have their offensive line issues. Um, but, you know, now when you're going against a Rams team that has um, three pass rushers like Aaron Donald, Floyd, and Von Miller, and they don't have to worry about the run game like they did in this Niner game, I, I think that's where that big mismatch in this game is. Well, and thinking about that run game from San Francisco today, Ted, completely shut down. We know they've won six straight over L.A., and this year these two wins that they had in, during the regular season had rushed for nearly 300 yards collectively in those two games. Were really shut down today, just 50 yards rushing, I believe, on 20 carries collectively as a team for San Francisco. Now with Joe Mixon back in the fold, and we know it's a different offensive lineup there for Cincinnati, but what kind of, what kind of game plan do you see Joe Mixon having to be? He's really got to be a big factor for Cincinnati to take some pressure off that passing game for Joe Burrow. Yeah, the philosophy for the Rams defense, um, even last year with Brandon Staley and uh, now Raheem Morris is running the same system is, you know, they're going to have light boxes. They're going to play with two deep safeties and they're going to dare teams to run the ball on them. And the, that's one of the advantages that the Niners had on the Rams. They were patient. They stayed, you know, they're physical and they uh, stayed with the run game. Um, and, you know, they were able to beat them up inside. And in this game, uh, this, this NFC Championship game, they said they weren't going to, you know, have those two deep safeties and light boxes anymore. They were going to uh, force the, Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them, and they put guy, extra guys in the box. They played some six-man defensive lines, and, and that plan worked. Um, but against the Bengals, you know, I don't think – I think they'll go back to their philosophy where they're, they're going to play two deep and they're going to dare uh, the Bengals to beat them on the ground. And Joe Mixon is extremely talented, uh, but I just don't think that they'll be as afraid of the Bengals' ground game as they were the, the Niners' ground game. Ted, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your championship Sunday with us, and enjoy the Super Bowl, my friend. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, that is Ted Wynn from The Athletic. We will come back and look further at what went down on championship weekend and look ahead to the big game coming up in two weeks. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.